from the church. These are from, from us, uh, the pastoral staff. There's a box over there, and uh, make sure you get yours. That would be you, too. Somebody help her with it. Shawna, you got one over there. What? See, nobody pays attention to us. She's greeting her fan club. Uh, there's a Christmas card over there in that box with her name on it from, from us here at the church. Lazy. All right. Oh, my. Now, the one thing about it is don't talk with your mouth full today. There's all kinds of great brownies back there. Well, let's get ready. I, I'll make my, before we pray, I'm going to make my explanation. I want to thank you. We're going to start now. Don't mess with me today. I've been filling out claim forms for our insurance stuff all week. Two different events. Getting estimates and such. Uh, last week it was pointed out to me, I'm, I was oblivious to the fact that we'd already covered uh, a number of books of the Bible, and but I had skipped uh, 2 Thessalonians back in the day. I had skipped it. I don't know why. But uh, uh, then, 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 uh, then, then I, I, I went back and picked it up, and I didn't even realize I, I was out of order. But uh, I, I know, I know, but you were kind enough not to say anything somewhere. But <laughs> but but I think it was a God thing, you know. Oh, because I believe that lesson last week was for somebody. Uh, we're going to be back on track today. We're back at Second Peter, okay? And we're going to have a word of prayer, and then we're going to going to remember a little bit. Heavenly Father, thank you once again for the opportunity to study your word. Thank you for your promise that wherever two or three are gathered together in your name, you're there in the midst of it. Thank you for being present with us, and you are the living word. Open the word to our understanding, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. All right. So, 2 Peter chapter 3, beginning with verse number 1. 2 Peter chapter 3, beginning with verse number 1. Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up for your pure minds by way of reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, 
by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens will pass away with great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hasting the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Amen. Ooh, ooh. My, my, my. Well, we're back on track now. We're back where we ought to be in Second Peter. And uh, it was all just a, a dream scene, you know, last week. Uh, we need to remember, anybody remember from months ago, uh, when we started in First Peter, and who was that letter written to? Do you remember? To those that were scattered and dispersed. The scattered and dispersed. And we looked at two theories, or it can be both theories could be correct. First of all, the listing of names in that first uh, letter of, of Peter to the churches were written to those who were scattered perhaps on the day of Pentecost uh, from every nation that was there in Jerusalem and they received the, the gift of salvation that day they were baptized in water then they went home they went back to, to Italy they went back to Arabia they went back to all those places listed that they came from and there they were, maybe there were several people in their group that had gotten saved, had received Jesus as Savior, but there's no church there. There's no group of believers there. So one theory is that the Holy Spirit moved upon Peter to write to those who were scattered and dispersed after Pentecost and to give them encouragement and to give them instruction in godliness and how to live this Christian life. And uh, they didn't have access to any other form of teaching or instruction, but the Lord sent word to them through Peter. The second aspect of who, what group it could be that was scattered and dispersed was after the persecution when James was killed and then then they brought up uh, Stephen and all the rest, and Saul was out threatening everybody, killing them, throwing them in jail. 
the believers, the Christians, scattered out of Jerusalem, and they went everywhere, but they didn't go in fear. They went in faith. Everywhere they went, they preached the gospel. But they also needed instruction in godly living. And so it could be to that group that was scattered all over the nations uh, after persecution hit. So it's really kind of both and uh, that, that those letters were written to those. And here in 2 Peter, he's continuing to instruct these believers, new, new converts, in how to live a godly life. In the face of the reality that this world is one day going to be gone. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, wouldn't it be good if people would come to realize that one day this world is going to be gone. And you ought to invest in eternal things. Things that are going on forever. Not just temporary things. We'll talk about that in a moment. Peter, in, as he opened Second Peter... He recognizes that his time is growing short. We don't know if the Lord revealed to him that he was nearing the end of his life. But you remember uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, also mentioned, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just about ready to lay it down, you know, to, to be a, a drink offering laid out before the Lord, poured out. Uh, sometimes the Lord gives insight into the nearness of our death. Uh, can, have you ever been around someone that they knew that their time was coming and were ready for it? Anybody? Yeah. We had an older gentleman by the name of Glenn Kirshner here at the church. And a Sunday evening service. We had an order call at the end. And Glenn came up and was standing next to me at the altar. He said, Tommy, I'm going home. And that night he went home. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anybody else have uh, Grace and then? My husband uh, said, I hope I see Jesus tonight. Mm. Sharon, did you? My dad never spoke, but he knew for a while because he had his fur issue. He was still functioning in the boat when he was in his hospital bed. He wasn't afraid. He knew. He, I could see in his face. He knew it was coming in the dream. He was waiting for it. I'll never forget that. Anybody else? Some individuals that you were around that had that sense that they were they were going home to be with Jesus. Yeah. A dear friend of mine, her name was Joyce. She uh, had been friends since the 60s, and she had all kinds of trouble. But I remember when I saw her the last time, I, I fell at her feet and loved on her, but uh, she told her daughter, she says, I want to go home. And she did the next day, I think. Yeah, I've, I've had numerous situations like that over the years. Uh, one in particular, I remember a uh, family called me 
and wanted me to come to the hospital. Their mother was there, and she was a member of the church, and and says, Pastor, she's just she's just totally delusional. She's out of her head. She's just totally out of her head. And so I I went over, rushed over to the hospital, and uh, I, they met me there and says, she's 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 not doing well. And she keeps telling us, I want to go home, I want to go home, I want to go home, and I want to go home now. And uh, would you talk to her? So I, I went in and she said, Pastor, they don't understand. I don't want to go to their home. I want to go to the one Jesus has come for. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you into my, unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Uh, we have a sense here that the Holy Spirit had given Peter an internal witness that it's coming. It's coming soon. And so he is writing this last letter to these new believers knowing that this may be his last letter to the believers. And uh, try to Give parting words. Have you ever... Uh, I have a book upstairs. I was trying to find it, but uh, no such luck. But it was... Uh, I thought I knew where it was on the shelves, but I was mistaken. But it was a book of last words that people have said. And uh, some were tragically sad. People that didn't know the Lord. Uh, there was one individual, I, I can't remember the names of these people right now. Uh, it's been a few years since I looked at that book. Uh, but his last words were, the fire, can't you feel the fire? And he was gripping the hands of people beside his bed, the fire, can't you feel the fire? But then there were some others that said, there he is. Yeah. There's Jesus. Glory to God. So, in 2 Peter chapter 1, turn there if you would please, 2 Peter chapter 1. Peter knows that his time is short. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 12 through 15. Could I get someone to read that for me? Okay. Uh, I'm Jesus God. 2 Peter 1, 12 through 15. Then I need somebody else to be ready. With 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 8. You're full of brownies. You can't. Okay. Sean has got it. Okay. And then. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. He'll do that one. What? Mary Lou's got that one. Okay. I'll leave it up there for a second and write it down. Okay. There's more to come. You can get, get into the next, next group. Okay. 2 Peter 1, 12 through 15. Therefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though, though ye know them 
and be established in the present truth. Today I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. Okay. He calls it in the King James, my tabernacle. The word there is tent or tabernacle. We think of the tabernacle in the wilderness that uh, housed the glory of God. And, uh, but he refers to it as a tabernacle or a tent. Uh, we're going to look at that in a moment. Second uh, Corinthians 5, 1-8. through 8. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, mm -hmm. eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Mm -hmm. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Praise God. Mm -hmm. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk not by faith, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Ooh, ooh, what, a, what a powerful. <clears throat> and, and Paul here is using the same basic terminology that Peter uses. He uses this physical body, he references as a, as a tent or a tabernacle, a temporary dwelling not designed for long-term use. And, uh, and I love this portion of Scripture. It says that, you know, when this, when this tent no longer functions, this body, we got a new one coming up, folks. Amen. We got a new one coming up. Praise a glorified body, and it, there's no pain, there's no sickness, there's no aches. There's no snap, crackle, pop when you walk down the hallway. There's no, whoops, I don't think I can make it up the stairs anymore. There's, there's none of that, none of that. How many would be glad just to not have the woozies anymore? <laughs> how, how many would like to wake up some morning and say, nothing hurts? I don't hurt. Don't hurt. Yeah, you heard about the guy who woke up and nothing hurt. He thought he was dead. <laughs> But, but he got up after he checked the obituaries and he wasn't in it. <laughs> this tent, it's temporary. I was, I was going to try and find out the statistics, but they're hard to come by. The amount of money every year spent just in the United States to keep our tents working. Medicines. How much? I said, I, I, I don't know. I, it, it's just astronomical. Yeah. How many of you have a few pills you take? 
Keep you go. Anybody got any any prescriptions? How many of you have to spend a good part of one day every week putting all of your daily stuff in line to take? Seven day thing. It's seven day, you know. And and uh, how many of you have prescriptions that tally up well over thousand dollars a month? A lot of people do. But you know what? Multiply that by everybody in this room and everybody in every other room in the United States. And big pharma, pharmacy and, and all of the different things. But one day, there's coming a day. We won't need to prop up this tent anymore. We'll talk about that in another minute here. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18 Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary problems, troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. Peter is saying, just about ready to fold this tent up and move on to eternity. And he uses the term, as does Paul, and the symbolism throughout the Old Testament. Many For many years, the people of Israel, they didn't live in houses, they lived in tents. Temporary dwellings. Uh, how is this body, this life that we live, how is it like a tent? Well, it's temporary. It's very temporary. How many of you ever used to go camping in a tent? Anybody ever go camping in a tent? Yes. Did you swear off that after a few years? Yes. <laughs> you wanted to get an RV or a, or a camper or a pop-up at least. Because that, Linda and I, when we were first married at one of our churches, we had an annual camp out together. And we slept on the ground in sleeping bags. In a tent. <laughs> I just think about it today, and I said, how did that, how in the, how, well, <laughs> temporary, temporary. Uh, what are some other things about tents and this human body relate to each other? They don't last forever. They don't last forever. <laughs> if you've ever, if, if we go out to the barn, and upstairs in the barn is a bunch of tents, old tents from the Royal Rangers. And uh, a few years ago, they, they got them out, and they found that every last one of them had holes in it. Uh, the, the, between the squirrels and the, the mice and whatever else, the raccoons, whatever, they had burrowed. This, they're temporary. Who wants to stay in a leaky tent? No. You know. And... Uh, we had a we had a pop-up camper years ago, an old Coleman pop-up camper, and every summer we would go camping down at Myrtle Beach and some other places. And uh, uh, so I had it set up in the backyard. 
and my kids love to go out there and just, you know, sleep overnight. And the, Well, one of the neighbor kids got into it when we were out of town and took a pole and pushed holes in all the canvas through the windows, which is just kind of a screen meshing all through there. We came back and I wept at my tent. <laughs> there, I had to do a lot of repair work. We looked like a patchwork quilt when we got down to, down to there. And you know what? When you patch a tent, you know what the problem is? Leak. It's going to leak. It's going to leak. Because uh, every place you put a stitch is a place where water can come in. It's temporary and it gets holes and leaks. What are some other aspects of the temporary versus the eternal? This tent. Anything else? Well, you've got to cover this tent. Yeah, th this tent needs a tarp on top of it. No blue tarp. But right back here, back in the subdivision behind us, there's a house back there. I don't know how long it's been, as long as I've been here. We had, right after I came here, we had a big windstorm, and they lost a bunch of their roof, and they still got a blue tarp on it. This is years later. It's starting to get frayed and everything. Temporary versus eternal. Folks, Paul, Peter here is reminding us that this tent wears out. It's only temporary. We can do our best to keep, you know, put some stuff on it to make it look okay. <laughs> How many of you ever had to put water repellent stuff on a, a tarp or a tent? You're not campers, are you? No. <laughs> some of my illustrations right now are going right down the rabbit hole because, because you don't camp. Or at least you won't admit to it. Uh, when we used to tent camp, and even in the in the pop-up camper that has canvas on the ends, we would tell the kids, don't touch the canvas. Anybody know why? You mean like that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That was my son's first option. Like this? <laughs> Because the oils of your, your hands destroy the water repellency of the, of the tarp. It doesn't take much to mess up a tent. Doesn't take much. Wind will blow it over pretty easily. And uh, bears, can, yeah, bears can get in and, and all kinds of stuff. Uh, so it's not it's it's a covering, and if you're out, it's good to have a covering. Mm -hmm. But uh, like the old joke of uh, Lone Ranger and Tonto, Kimosabe, what you think? Lone Ranger says, "I just love, I just love looking at the stars at night." What are you thinking about, Tonto? I think someone stole our tent. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, 
realize that we're like that farmer in the in the scripture said, you know what I'm going to do tomorrow? I've had such a wonderful year, great harvest. I'm going to tear down those barns, build bigger ones because I, everything's going my way. And Jesus called him what? Fool. You fool. You don't have any control over your tomorrow. God does. Yeah. That's uh, like uh, at Christmas time, the famous Christmas carol, you know, Scrooge. You know, he's in the riches and everything. Yeah. He's got he's, all the money, but. Then he sees what the future's like. Mm -hmm. yeah. Then it's a turnaround. When we look at, if we knew, let me put it personally, if you knew for certain the Lord had given you revelation that this is your last year on planet Earth before you go to be with Jesus, what are some things you would do more of? What are some things you'd do less of? Yeah. I would try my best to win as many souls to Jesus as I could. That's what Peter's doing right here. Mm -hmm. He's giving instruction to these believers that they don't have a church yet. They, you know, he's trying to give. What else might you do if you knew for a fact? You say, well, how can anybody know? I'm just saying, use your imagination. Well, sir, as I will say, clean up your act. Get your act cleaned up and uh, straighten up and fly right. You know. I would leave a big to-do list for my family. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. She's, she's already, she's thought about this for a while. She's, she's thought about this. But personally for you, what would you do? Yeah. I guess, I, I, guess I would probably um, try to talk more to my, my sisters. Even when you do, when I do, they don't get it. I'm talking about the ones that's, you know, I got one that's not saved. You know, uh -huh. A couple of brothers, you know. And they listen, but they don't listen. They'll hear you out, but they don't. It just doesn't go any further. Yeah, you know? like, like Peter here, he's saying, you know, this tent, you know. <laughs> this is just temporary. This, we're, we're looking at eternity. And so, talking to relatives, loved ones, uh, people that that you you want to see in eternity with you, not separated by a great golf fix. And uh, you know, priorities. What are some other things if you if you knew for sure? How many songs have been written about? Uh, we're just passing through yeah. we're more or less immigrants or you know this is just temporary yeah I've, I've drawn a blank right now but I know there's many <laughs> uh, what I think uh, we have to close more to the Lord because we know this life is not going to stay forever Right. We have to go back to where we come from. So what we need to do 
We have to be strong in Jesus and tell other people to change too. And our relative, and our children, if they don't listen to me, we have to pray for them and remind them to close the, to the law because this uh, body we carry is going to be gone someday. So our Everything is temporary. Yes. Mm -hmm. so. Use this time to get closer to the Lord and to pray for loved ones uh, because even if you don't know that your time is short, your time is short. There's no guarantees. I always say there's you, you can look all over your birth certificate <laughs> there's there's nothing on there about when it's expired. Yeah. And uh, this is a testimony. Uh, uh, one of my sister, I when I went to Africa last year, this year I went to her house. When I, I knocked the gate, nobody come to open the gate for me. So I went to uh, his uh, her neighbor. And they would say she's in the house. I'm like, I didn't see anybody. I see one lady right there, but I don't know why she's doing. And so the neighbor come with me to the house. And uh, they say, I saw the one lady right there. I don't know her. So they say it's going to be back there. So I went back. I saw my sister. So we are talking. Uh, when we're talking, I'm like, where is that lady in your house? And she said, it's my mother-in-law. I'm like, ah, this lady had a problem. And she said, yes. And she told me, <coughs> she said, I don't know if you are going to be old one day. She is telling me like that. I'm like, you don't know you're going to be old? So if you don't know you're going to be old, so you don't know you're going to be gone one day? So we was talking about this lady, and she said, you know what, if I'm like that, it's going to be so horrible uh, <coughs> for me because I don't have anybody to take care of me. Mm -hmm. And I see this lady, I'm like, oh, this is unbelievable. So uh, today I'm seeing myself like I'm struggling, but somebody have more struggle than me. So what we need to do, we just have to uh, close the law and have faith. To know we come to this war, we have to go back one day. We need to uh, persevere during these times. Whether or not the Lord gives us insight mm -hmm. of how much time we have left, one thing is for certain, we don't know when Jesus is coming back. He can come back at any moment. And he's not going to warn you about it. You've already been warned. It says, watch therefore, for you know not the hour that your Lord is returning. The other thing is, other people don't know that their time may be short. You may be coming across the path of somebody that is going to be called into eternity in a moment's time. I don't want to be that one that has regret. Mm -hmm. Let's say I, yeah. 
you know, years later I die and I'm, 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 I'm up with the Lord and I look across at a judgment seat and I see somebody over there and I'm reminded I was standing beside them in line at Walmart and the Holy Spirit reminded me to talk to them and I didn't. I don't want to, I don't want to have regret. Yeah. I think we learn to forgive real quickly. We need, yeah, we need to learn to let bygones be bygones and learn to forgive and and do what's important. We, well, I, I've gotten bogged down here. We haven't got to our first prayer principle yet. <laughs> but we're we're going to get there. We're going to get there. I only got one today, so that's a good thing, probably. Uh, Peter is pouring out his his spirit into his followers uh, of these scattered and dispersed believers, preparing them to live righteously because nothing is guaranteed. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Amen. First prayer principle we want to look at. Praying for the next generation. Amen. Praying for the next generation. We need to pass along to the next generation the things that the Lord has shown us and the things that the Lord has taught us. Yes, sir. Or it's not going to get passed along. Oh, oh wait a minute. Maybe the Columbus Dispatch will <laughs> will have an article about it of all the godly things you ought to know. Oh, the evening news will do it, right? Sure. No. I think in, in this present age that we are traveling through, that it is more prominent than ever in my heart. Mm -hmm. When I watch the news, I just, I just say, Lord, we need you so desperately. Wow. That sense of praying for the next generation, praying for them. Linda had a, an eye appointment this past week, uh, last week, and uh, how many of you enjoy eye checkups? Anybody here really? Uh, it's better than this. Well, you haven't been to my eye doctor. <laughs> Shots in the eye, I'll take a drill in the tooth. But, uh, you didn't hear that. Okay, okay. But uh, uh, she needs corrective lenses, and, you know, she has good eyes, better eyes than mine. And, and uh, but the goal of the doctor is not to change her world, but to help her see her world better. Right? It's not the doctor's goal to change the world that she sees. It's to change how she sees her world. And we need to pray for the next generation, for believers, to see the world as it really is. And Peter's going to be talking about that here in a few moments. 
we can spend all of our time lamenting how bad our world is. Amen? Yes, sir. It's a mess. It is. And we can, uh, I, I have some friends that they just, they are overcome with hanging on every word of Fox News. I mean, they have it on their car, in their house, and they're all the bad, nasty stuff that's going on, and, and just, you know, just, uh, I won't, they may be watching, I, I, but, but uh, uh, you know, they travel long distances, and it's 24-7, all that stuff pouring in about how lousy the world is and everything, and gets everybody all stirred up and churned up. And you can't change it. But we can pray for people to see clearly what's going on in the world. Amen? Spend more time praying to clearly see. And that's what Peter's doing here. Uh, let's look at some of the things that he's trying to he's trying to warn the next generation encourage the next generation and instruct the next generation. There's some things that the Lord has shown you in your life that needs to be passed along to the next generation. You don't want them to have to learn it the way you learned it. Amen? Amen. You'd like to pass it along. That's what Peter's doing here. He's passing these things that the Lord has shown them, shown him to the next generation. Sometimes our words to the next generation are warnings. Yeah. If we don't warn them, they don't know. That's right. Well, so everybody knows that. A little child walking, walking in the house, and just a little toddler. And, uh, you know, toddlers, they love to reach and grab things, right? Mm -hmm, yes. Well, our little toddler was toddling around and reached up. And Linda was cooking some uh, chicken noodles, some of that Lipton chicken noodle soup. And he reached up with his little hand, our son Phil, and pulled that boiling soup on his face his chest his arms we were doing a work thing down in the basement of the parsonage she screamed for me to come up I had to hold him because he was in such agony and pain all 10 miles to the hospital in Hillsborough screaming the, the take him in the doctor comes out and says oh, pastor we're gonna have to, we need to prepare you for the fact he's going to have to have skin grafts. He's got first, second, and third degree burns all over his face, his arms, his shoulders, his chest. And uh, uh, good news is God intervened. And uh, I got a call from the, the hospital that wanted me to come down there. So, man, what's, what next? I get down there and they said can you help us out your son is just playing down the hallway and we can't get him back into his room <laughs> and, and uh, 
But the time he walked out a week later from that hospital, you could not tell he had anything but a sunburn. And then every summer, he had on one of these shirts that he used to have kind of ribbing around the edge, and the, the boiling water changed the color of his skin right around that band. And every summer, we had a reminder that that, and we retold, and every year he'd retell the story to whoever would listen about how he pulled boiling water on himself and how this is a reminder. It's the only place on his body that would not tan. As a grandparent now, you think I don't watch over my grandkids? When they're in the kitchen yes, and there's hot soup, you think I don't pass a warning along? Mm -hmm. Sure. You better believe it. Oh, Grandpa, no, you need to know <laughs> what can happen. And then I get an opportunity to retell the story, not only of the incident, but of God's healing power. And my, I've heard my, overheard my kids and I've overheard my grandkids retell the story that they never saw. Mm -hmm. Passing along warnings. Yeah. Passing along encouragements. Passing along instruction. Let's look at some of the things that we can pray about for the next generation. He begins by saying that there's going to be uh, false teachers and heresies. And uh, somebody looked there at uh, 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. This is yours, Jim. Get your hand up. Okay. 2 Peter 2, 1 through 3. I need somebody to read 2 Peter 3, 1 through 6. Okay, I'm a G. Okay, 2 Peter 3, 8 and 9. Okay, Marsha's got it. Okay. Let's look at these quickly. 2 Peter 2, 1 through 3. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring damnable heresies, even to denying the Lord that brought them and bring upon themselves with destruction. And many shall follow their precious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be spoken of. And through covetousness shall they learn the words that make merchandise of you who shut them out a long time wonder not, and their damnations longer not. Whew. He's warning them. We need to pray warning. We need to pray for the eyes of the next generation to begin to see some of these things the way they really are. We may not be able to change the world that the next generation is in. Right? We'd love to. But it's pretty much going to be the way it was. But we can pray for them to see it as it really is that they get corrective lenses, that they don't say, well, you know, it's, it's no big deal. 
Oh, it's no big deal that this uh, uh, big church evangelist uh, doesn't believe that the Bible is is true, that it's just fairy tales. It's no big deal. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We need to warn. We need to pray warning over the next generation about these things. That there's false teachers and are well, well, they probably won't have any, any effect. What does the scripture say? Well, he just read it. Are they going to have an effect yeah. on, the, on the church? They turned away from the Lord. <coughs> he says, and many will be who follow their destructive ways. We need to pray that their eyes being opened and enlightened. Yes, that they can see the light and the dark and the difference of these things. Again, are you saying that we can't pray for the world to change? Yes, we, we can pray. But at the same time, realize how many of you have prayed about Columbus and all of our destructive ways here? Is it still a messed up place right now? If you own a Hyundai or a, or a Kia, you live in fear that somebody's going to run off with your car or, or your church van in the parking lot. You know, I, everybody that's come out from the insurance company and whatever says, who would do such a thing? People here in Columbus. You know, who would steal the the stuff off of an air conditioning unit people here. Now, have I prayed that they wouldn't? Yeah. But you know what? They have a free will. But can I pray for people to be aware and be thinking and, yes, and yes. see things as they really are? Yes, I can. It's an important distinction. Yeah, I, I, am I just being unclear? You understand what I'm trying to get across? Yes, yes. We may not be able to change everybody's mind or the climate in which we live, but can we pray that the next generation, people around us, believers, see through the smoke and the fog and yes. the mirrors and all of the illusions and delusions and see things the way they really are, I believe we can. Mm -hmm. I believe. And that's what he's doing. He's warning them. Uh, 2 Peter 3, 1 through 6. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, and that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed by water perished. Okay. Here he's giving instruction and warning. He says that in the last days, 
scoffers will come. Mm -hmm. And they're here. Amen. And they are walking according to their own lust. What does that mean? Their own desires. It's all about them. Mm -hmm. Beware of people who are teaching prophecies and everything else and it hinges around them yes. and their ways and their insights and, mm -hmm. and you know well I know for a fact now you don't know for a fact uh, if you just buy my book you just get that you send an offering a love gift for this and I'll give you the insights God gave me for free you know <laughs> No problem with that, right? No. We need to warn and instruct the next generation to watch for this kind of stuff. Because they don't care about you. They care about themselves. It's all about them. And they're going to say, well, you know, where's the problem with this coming? Everything's can." Since the day of creation, everything's the same. Well, then, you haven't looked at your history. That's right. Things have changed dramatically. Yes, They're willingly ignorant. That's the, I love that phrase from the King James. They're, they willingly forget in the New King James. They're willingly ignorant. They have chosen to be stupid and forget these things. Uh, 2 Peter 3, 8 and 9. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Beware of those who are always telling you, well, you know, this could be the day. That's well, true. It could be. But a day with the Lord is... thousand years. So don't fix so much on time. Yeah. Fix on eternity. It may be a thousand years or more before Jesus comes. When this was written, it was at least two thousand years ago. When this was written, right? Two days in God time. Well, how, how long ago? Did, two days ago. God time. And when the Lord says, I'm, I'm going to bless you, when are you going to bless me? Tomorrow. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> That's a thousand years. Well, see, we can get so focused on time, we forget about eternity. The temporary versus the eternal. And and some people are saying, oh, we need, I, I, I want Jesus to come back today. Why isn't he coming back today? Because he's, he's not willing that any should perish. And there's still people that are on your to-do list to reach. It's not, he's not slacking off. Oh, Jesus is just slacking off, not coming back for us. We're thinking of ourselves. We're not thinking of the lost. And it's an easy thing to do, right? How many of you would like to not have the problems that you're having? Would not have the world? Would like to be with Jesus? But you know what? 
The reason he has not come as yet is because God wants one more. Just one more. He's not willing that it is against God's will for anyone to go to hell. That's right. And so we're here at a time where we can impact that. We need to pray for the next generation. That they would catch the importance of using the time that we have to do what will ultimately bring Jesus back. Reaching the lost. Touching lives. Praying for those that are, are wayward from the Lord. I don't know if it gets you like it gets me, but boy, I'm scared for people. And people that know better, that aren't living better. And, and you know, people that, that God has blessed with gifts and talents and abilities and they're not using them for God. That scares me. Yes. That scares me. Yes. And I pray for them. That they'll wake up and see the things the way things really are before it's too late. Yes. I don't want to stand before the Lord and say, well, you know, I gave you all these abilities and talents and well, I didn't know I had any. Well, you weren't looking. I gave them to you. We all have something. But you know what? You didn't use them. Praying for the next generation. We want to spend the next few moments thinking about that. What are some ways? What are some things we should be praying for? For the next generation of Christians. Those that are just new in the faith. Those that are just like Peter's writing to these people. They got saved and went back to a foreign country. They didn't have a support system or anything. Um, what are some things we ought to be praying for our youth and our children? Praying for young married couples, whatever. Yes? To believe in Jesus and do the right thing. To believe and not only believe, but to do. Faith without works is yeah. dead. And we need to, well, I believe. Yeah, but are you living it? Not only believe, but live it. Mm -hmm. We need to pray that they would put into practice. We need to pray for the next generation. What are some other ways that we should be praying for the next generation? That God would put a hedge around the valley keep the darts of the enemy. For the Lord's protection and as they're serving the Lord. If they're not doing anything, I'm going to pray for their <coughs> Sorry, just me. Just me. Why should they be protected if they're not serving the Lord? Uh, am, I, am I wrong? Sorry. In other words, pray for them to get saved. Pray, pray for them to get saved. Get saved. And get, get right. Man. Yeah. And, and uh, when they're serving the Lord, to, for Him to preserve and protect them. What, what are some other things we can pray for for the next pray generation? They will be strong enough to stand in the face of whatever. Oh, that's a big thing. That's a big thing. So we pray. pray. Pray that they would be strong enough to stand, having done all, to stand. We read in Ephesians 6, hold, hold your thoughts for a second. We read in Ephesians 6, we're to put on the whole armor of God, 
so that we can stand against the fiery darts of the enemy. Amen. The shield and the helmet and all that, as, as Jim mentioned, that we'd, we'd be protected in battle, in battle. And, but even after that, you're standing there in the armor, but that doesn't mean the war is over. Having done all to stand. Sometimes standing, holding firm in, a, in the quicksand of our age. We need to pray for our, our next generation, for our young people and young families, that they are not moved by society, but they are moved by God and His Word. If we're trying to fit in with this world, this world's going to perish. Mm -hmm. And everything in it. Isn't that what we read yes, at the beginning? That's what we read. It, 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 it's reserved for judgment. And seeing that it's that way, how should we live godly lives to stand? What are some other ways that we should pray for the next generation? Uh, when I pray for our kids, Pastor, I pray that uh, besides protection and blessing and all that, I pray that they would have a desire to know God better, to let them, to have an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. that they can recognize His voice. And be to be in tune, <coughs> to fine tune, getting them not just close to the Lord, but tuned in. Yeah. Tuned in to God. What, what, yeah. Just for them to be baptized. Be filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit. We need the power. We need the. We need the power. I've got some toys at the house. I always get a toy for Christmas. I have a well. You're a kid. I want a toy, and I have a remote control car. And I got it out the other day. The uh, Chris's uh, nieces and niece and nephew were there, so I got it out. And I turned it on, and it did absolutely nothing. <laughs> and I, I was going to just leave it there and say, well, they can play with it. It's, the batteries are dead, and it won't move, and, but they can look at it. No, they, they want it empowered. <laughs> and we need to have believers that are not just there, but empowered to do something. pray for is uh, we're gonna pray for them to repent and uh, listen to gospel that they would hunger and thirst after righteousness that they would develop a desire for the word of God that is insatiable <laughs> and for the water of life yes, sir. and for the Holy Spirit uh, in the context of the new niece and nephew that are in Carissa and Gary's household right now, they don't know how to eat anything other than a piece of pizza or a bologna. Well, I don't like that. Have you ever tried it? No. And just, I was talking with Emery this morning, she's grandma. You know those 
those uh, box dinners that from Nor that have the the macro the, the cheese noodles with broccoli. This is yeah. This is we fooled the kids last night. Uh, Mom made that, and there's little broccoli chunks in there. And we waited until after they were done eating, and say, "Oh, that was great." And then they said, "You know what you just ate? Broccoli." <laughs> <laughs> They're developing a new taste for things they thought they didn't like. Mm -hmm. Folks, we need to pray for this next generation that's so in tune with the, all of the, the media and the, the phones, you can't get them away from the phone, and, and all the different stuff, the smoke and mirrors, they would develop a hunger for the Word of God. It is the bread of life. Yes. And if they, they only have a hunger for them, that which titillates or thrills, uh, face it, I'm, I'm a realist. Sometimes the Bible doesn't thrill me. Oh, Pastor, how can you say that? Sometimes I'm reading, it's got like reading a phone book sometimes. Then the light comes on. Because I keep reading. And, and we need to pray for the next generation to fall in love with the Word of God. So they can rightly divide the Word of Truth. So that they can determine uh, how can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed unto the Word. They can't know how to live if they don't develop a hunger for the Word of God. That's right. We need to pray that they would develop it. Uh, what are some other things? We, we just got a couple minutes more. We could pray for the men of God as yourself that God would look knowing as a, that you could warn the sheep of things to come or disasters. Praying for those so in leadership to prayer. their teaching. Prayer. And, and when it's like uh, it's like you I get people for how long each week? About two hours. Okay, I get an hour here and an hour tonight an hour Sunday morning. How many hours are there in a week? <laughs> Some weeks are longer than others. <laughs> you know, yeah, I want to pray that I'm able to share the word with people, but if they develop a hunger for God's word, yes, amen. That's going to turn the trick. Because you're not going to always be there. Peter's not going to be there for this group of people. Uh -uh. We need to pray. For the if you next don't generation. Have a and you don't be yourself. You don't know whether or not your preacher's even telling. Yeah, yeah. If you if you don't ingest the word, uh, years ago when I was working on my doctoral thesis, and I was working out of uh, Psalm one nineteen, and how can you uh, determine, you know, the way to go? Taste and see that the Lord is good. 
Well, how do you do that? If, if you're trying to determine the difference in flavors, let's say the difference between, how many of you can tell the difference immediately? Tell the difference between margarine and butter. Can you pretty well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Uh, you didn't get that way by bouncing back and forth. When you taste pure creamy butter, anything else that hits your toast is seen as sludge. <laughs> Linda was at the point, she was trying to get us to do this smart blend stuff and all this, you know. And I said, honey, I'm going to go up to the to the medicine cabinet and get that jar of Vaseline, spread that on my toe. I, I think it's about the same consistency and a very similar flavor. We, we do butter now. But, but you see. But you did it with kindness. No. I did it with a smirk. I, I think yeah. the way you can taste the gospel, when you come to the law, you try to know the gospel or you hear the gospel. That's why uh, you taste the way gospel is sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's sweet. Even if sometimes for me, if I'm sick, when I hear the gospel, the all my sick is, is gone. So it's good to, it's a war, a war in my language, say, taste how it's sweet. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And if we can get, pray for people to develop, to hunger and thirst for righteousness, for the word of God, that they become addicted. Amen. And they will hate every false way. That's yeah. what the scripture said. Yeah. They'll hate everything that's not the gospel. When they feed on it, they say, nah, that's not, that's not the, the real stuff. They may not know why. But they've tasted the true gospel and they can hate every false way. That's what the scripture says. And, and so we need to pray for the next generation. And not just once. Well, we'll just pray once and be done with it. No, we need to pray because we're not going to be here forever, folks. We're going to be there forever. Yes. We're only here for a limited time. You have a limited amount of time to pray for the next generation, mm -hmm. to warn, instruct, and encourage. Mm -hmm. That's it for today. I, I pray for, their, uh, for God's word to go forth unhindered in their lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that yeah, God... It, it'll just, it'll flow. It'll flow. It, it's, uh, if you ever gone canoeing after heavy rain, you don't have to paddle much because the stream is just taking it out. And uh, the Word of God can flow. Praise God. We'll have to stop there for today. But we want to go to prayer and we want to pray for the next generation. Pray for, and I'm not just talking about kids and you, but the next generation of parents. 
if they don't develop a hunger and a thirst for God's word, their children are not. That's right. So we need to pray. We need to pray. Her request today. Yes. Um, I thought I was having an outpatient procedure today. So I just asked for that. No problem. Anything go Okay. I pray for my youngest daughter, Lisa, and her husband. They have, have COVID. <laughs> so they need prayer and still keep my oldest daughter, Angie, in your prayers. No one's heard from her for three months now. Yes. Pray for my family. For Janet's family. Unsaved loved ones. Unsaved loved ones. Peace of Jerusalem. Peace of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Yes. My sister Letty. Letty? Yeah. Yeah. Was her hand over here? No. Okay. Yeah. My cousin passed yesterday and his wife's mother passed 24 hours before he did. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. wow. Whole family needs to be wrapped in prayer. And could you pick the name of just two or three people that you want to pray for? Just say their names out loud in a few moments. For the Word of God to become dear to them, that they develop a hunger and therefore hate every false one. Let's go to prayer today. Several lead us out in a word of prayer. I'll close in just a little while. But lift up the names of some of those of the next generation that you're praying for, for the things that we've been talking about today. Just like Simon Peter, anointed by the Spirit, is giving them warning, instruction, encouragement. Let's pray in that same way for the next generation today. Dear Lord Jesus, we truly thank you for the word. It surely is a lamp unto our feet. We pray for the young people, Lord Jesus. We pray for our pastor, Lord, anointing from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. But personally, he warns us of the shortcomings ahead, Lord. Mighty God, we thank you for your goodness and kindness and mercy day by day. We ask pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Lord, down the, the people over there. The, the, all they do, all they want is peace. But the enemy is on every hand. Don't want them to have that peace. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Day by day, Lord, that our steps will be guided by you, Lord. Mighty God, I'll achieve the move of the Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. For the many, 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 many. Blessings you bestow upon your people. We give you all the praise, all the praise, brother Lord. Wonderful name, that name of all names, that rock that we can stand on. These Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, wonderful name. Amen. Thank you.
see these things that are coming to pass. You see McCoppies is our redemption draws night. We pray, Lord, that, that we can uh, be that voice crying in the wilderness, make way for the, the Lord's coming and, and uh, help us to uh, just be ever mindful that you are in control but you want us to knock, uh, ask, seek, and that door will open. But we, we need to be fervently working at what you have for us each day. Uh, Lord, we pray for our young people. Uh, oh God, they need protection. They need to uh, have a desire to just feast on your word. And we just pray, Lord, that you will help them as they are being instructed. Be with Pastor Chris, Lord, just give her strength, Lord. And uh, I pray that we will all be very mindful of our relatives that are not saved. Lord, just help us to keep knocking. Lord, be with Bill today. Lord, I pray that you'll just get into this procedure to minister to Lord, I thank you for my older brother's that you're giving him each day. Uh, it's just amazing to me what you brought him through. And I pray, Lord, that um, it's your word that I send him Father's day. Lord, don't let him just sit on the shelf. But let him open, it, open his eyes. Father God, we are walking through a, a strange and a perilous time. Yes, yes. Father, help us to keep our bearings. Yes, sir. That this is not forever, but heaven is. And we pray, Father, you'd make us mindful of those that are going to be still here when we have gone on to be with you. Help us as we cover them in prayer. As we pray for them to see the way things really are through your word to pray that they would hunger and thirst after your word and righteous living. Yes, sir. We pray for young families that you would help them see the necessity of prioritizing yes. the walk with God and their family in light of your principles and not aligning themselves to the world, but to you. Yes, Lord. We pray, Father, for those that are 
in this world, but they would not be of this world. Yes, sir. Father, guide us just as you prayed that great high priestly prayer over your disciples. They would not be affected by the world in which they're in, but they would affect yes. the world yes, in which Lord. they're in. Yes, Lord. We pray, Father, the various needs that have been lifted up for family, for individuals, work associates, people that are going through procedures and surgeries, for her brother, for for those that are that are ill, that are that are sick with COVID, whatever it may be. Father, situations we don't even we're not even aware of. Father God, that you would invade those spaces with your presence. And people would call out to you and find that you're right there. We're thankful, Father, that you are Emmanuel. God with us right here, with us right now. We ask, Lord God, that during this season of the year, you would give us an open door to witness, to share, to point people to Jesus. We ask it all in his name. Yes, Lord. Amen. Yes, Lord.
active member. Devotion. 
commandments and showing what the, the word can do if we live by it.